Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Lovely to speak to you too. Uh, what a kind of a sweet story. Ellie on Twitter says she just saw Tom Cruise uh, driving a tour bus at the cliffs of Moher. Uh, she swears it was him, so he's probably doing a nixer there. Anyway, on to something quite different. In public places, people with autism might act a little differently to the rest of us. But unfortunately, unfortunately, many of us don't make that connection. All we tend to see is someone acting strangely, which can prompt disapproving, even hostile responses. The Crystal Swing singer Dervla Burke O'Connor is all too aware of this. Her son Paul has autism. Dervla joins us now. Afternoon, Dervla. Good afternoon, Sean. How are you doing? Not too bad. Nice, nice to talk to you again after all this time. T- tell us about too Paul. How old is he? Paul is five years old. And, um, you know, as you mentioned there, he's he's our, our beautiful little boy. We actually have two children, um, but Paul has a diagnosis of autism. He's nonverbal. He doesn't speak. And he has a lot of um, challenges that, that present him on a daily basis. Mm. And so when, yeah. he's, when, when he's out in public, are there things he has difficulty with? Yes, I mean... Uh, like for for a child like my son, he might have a lot more difficulties in um you know doing day to day tasks that maybe another child wouldn't have at all you know and he would have a, a lot of poor social skills and he wouldn't be your your typical child you know he doesn't play with toys or other children mm. and he can have obviously a lot of frustration due to the fact that he is nonverbal also and it can be stressful taking Paul out in public you know and um, so in turn we do spend a lot of time at home due to this um, but you know sometimes it can feel like you're locked up and maybe a prisoner in your home you know and, yeah. and you kind of always have to keep a close eye on him because he's constantly mounting dangerous items um, on, on a continuous basis. He, we have a special cost for him. It can be very hard taking him out for walks. So the simple day-to-day things that maybe someone, a, a normal family, if I may say, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, it, it, we're not a normal family. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, what I described there in, in, in my introduction, are you aware of that happening sometimes that you might get like a bit of side-eye from people? Well, look, what I will say is that people who know about our situation, like when I spoke out about my son, Paul, and the the reaction from people has been 99% positive, overwhelmingly Mm. positive, really. And, um, you know, I think uh, there's, there's many other families like us going through the same thing and in the same boat. And I think that, you know, it touched a lot of hearts. And my God, I've had an avalanche of messages from people who are, you know, experiencing the same difficult situations Mm. So, um, you know, we're not the only ones. But look, to answer your question about negativity, Sean, I suppose whether it's no matter what walk of life you're in, whether it's a job you're in, whether you're a parent or a child or a parent of a child with special needs, you're always going to experience some amount of um, negativity. Um, You know, and look, obviously for someone 
maybe who might be in the public eye, like myself at times, you, you do have to open yourself to a certain amount of negative feedback. But I have to say that side of things has been very positive for myself. And But yes, I mean, out in public, we have received a few glares and whether, you know, we have attempted to go out for a meal as a family, you know, nine times out of 10, Paul will act up because it can be difficult for him at times. There has been... Um, a couple of occasions where people have moved tables from sitting beside us, you know, I, I guess a lot of them gave us the eye thinking that he was just a bold child. Mm. But that's the thing with autism. You can't see it. And um, autism presents itself differently to to every child or individual. Um, so, you know, you can't compare anybody and you cannot judge anybody. And um, I, I, I suppose the main thing is that there is most definitely an ignorance out there, I guess, um, about autism, which needs to be addressed, Sean. And I think it would be a great opportunity for public broadcasters to maybe make a documentary or a series that would interview families with um, maybe a child with autism or maybe the individual might have autism themselves. And I think um, it would open people's eyes a lot more. And, you know, it's something that I have often thought about. It's something that I would be very interested in myself to interview um, families who are living with this on a daily basis, because believe it or not, Sean, like a lot of my own family and my own friends never realised until I spoke publicly about our situation with Paul, the the reality of living with a child with special needs and even friends of mine, they couldn't get over what you do go through on a daily basis. Oh yeah, you, you, can, you can only imagine. Do you get much yes. in the way of respite? No, nothing, nothing at all. Oh, um, yeah, no, nothing at all, um, Sean. You know, I suppose the whole system itself is a complete shambles. And, you know, we, we respite would be something that it would be essential for, for us as a family and many other families out there who need a break. You know, it's a 24-7 job and it never ends. And it, it's also something that would be very important for the the child or the individual themselves you know and so I think that from my own experience the the biggest ignorance of all really has been our government and health officials who do not really understand the 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 diagnosis themselves and what people go through every day you know families mm. are fighting for education for respite for therapies you know my child Paul no he's due to start in um in a special school in September which we're we're happy that he you know that he is going to be moving forward now um to his special school but the concern would be the huge lack of therapies within the school system and I am continuing to fight for children with autism, that they will gain access to essential therapies, for example, speech and language therapy, occupational therapy, behavioural therapy. You know, they need these, Sean, for them to gain any sort of progress in the school system. And the problem is, you know, the the teachers in schools, I've even spoken to what will be Paul's new principal. She's a lovely woman, but she made it very clear to me that there is a huge lack of um, services in the schools because the 
the teachers are only doing their jobs and they're trying to be therapists and they're not therapists at all, you know. And it's like even us as parents at home, we're given recommendations by um you know, put it into to brackets, professionals, and we are expected to go home then and and be the therapists and do it all. So it's very hard for families out there. You know, it's mm. it's hard enough rare. It's hard enough rearing children. Um, Sean, never mind a child yes. with special needs and everything that goes with it. So parents have a lot of um worry and anxiety and tor- turmoil that they have to face on a daily basis that they shouldn't have to for things that that your child needs and deserves. And you said you said Paul's going to a special school and even a special yes. school doesn't have speech and language therapy. That's astounding. It's astounding, yes. And like, I mean, I, I have to say, I didn't realise myself, Sean, until, you know, the, it, this came to my own door with my own child. The lack of help and um, services that are out there for for children. There's um, a a woman that I spoke to um, from the NCSE. I won't name her name. That's the National Council for Special Education. And she, I had a meeting with her one day and she was, you know, telling me how great things are now. You know, there's so much more out there for special needs children and all these, uh, you know, places for them to go and services that are there. Well, I said, my child certainly isn't receiving any of those. And I know that, you know, most people out there in the same boat as ourselves would agree with me. And, you know, on my journey through all of this, I've spoken to parents who have adult special needs children and they have been fighting this fight for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, you know, so mm. that it's it goes on and on and on. Do you get the impression, Dervla, that there may be arson services, but they're all on the East Coast? Well, I mean, there's... Nationally, there, there's there's not enough anyway, Sean, but mm. I do know that in certain parts of the country that certain families might be entitled to a bit more than what others are just because of where they're located in the country, which seems completely unfair. Um, because I do know of um, a, a, a lady, she has two children on the spectrum. Now, they wouldn't be anything like my child, but she had been offered respite and she actually turned it down because she said she didn't need it. And then here was I begging for it and it's just, it's just not there, you know. Yeah. Um, so at, no, the mo- at the moment, Irvila, what, ha- what assistance do you get at all, uh, if at all? Um, nothing, Sean, nothing at all. Um, you know, Paul will be attending, you know, he has his school placement, which I had to fight for. And we're, we know we're pleased that he has that. But other than that, nothing at all, um, Sean, which is just, it's it's very upsetting. And, you know, it's a worry that you carry around with you all day, every day. Now, what I will say is I did have a few meetings with Minister Anne Rabit and she seems to be the only minister who seems to be doing anything in regards to changing the system. And, you know, she she was happy to meet w- with me and to discuss my concerns. But other than that, um, Sean, I, I, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot happening, um, which is it's 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 really really hard. And you know, a, a worry that that I ca- carry with me every day is, um, you know, my, Paul, 
obviously we want to be around for many years for mm. Paul and hopefully we will be. But, you know, there's always a chance that myself or my husband could be in a car accident in the morning or something, you know, a tragedy could happen in the family. And where does a child like Paul then go? Who Who's going to look after him? Um, you know, that, and that leads me on to residential care. You know, again, there's a huge lack there. And this is something that needs to be addressed ASAP because this is a national problem. And um, this this would send any any parent into a mental breakdown with the yeah. worry that you carry every day for your child, you know? And the, 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 the special school, I mean, is that until he, can he stay there until he's an adult or, or is oh, it like no. national school? Or, and, if, and then what? Well, the school that Paul will be attending, um, which we are grateful that he got the place, I was actually hoping that he would go to a different school because the school that I was hoping for would have kept him until he would be 18 years mm. of age. So the school that he will attend now will only keep him up to, you know, sixth class age, which would be 12, 13. And after that, then again, there's a possibility that we will have to go through the same process again in order to, tr- to try and find him, um, you know, a, a secondary school type special school, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no guarantee that that will happen because I know a lot of um, families out there whose children have nowhere to go in September, whether it's, um, uh, you know, Paul's age group or, or secondary school age group. So, um, you know, th- this is a very real thing that's happening um, out there, Sean. And, you know, I would be most certainly advocating for um, a special school in our local area here in Middleton in East Cork because there's nothing at all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and parents then are forced to, tra- to travel, of course, to, um, to, to try and find somewhere for their child to go. But luckily, Paul has the school placement. But, 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 but a big thing for us would be the respite care and the, the residential care and obviously the services, the essential services, um, with, you know, getting therapists into the schools. Yes. And, you know, just educating the public in general about autism um, because it's a conversation that definitely that needs to be had and you know it can't be um, brushed under the carpet any longer you know by our our government um, because you know p- people are are in in despair every day over this. Dervla, uh, uh, God love you and we wish you the very, very best. Hope things uh, improve. Uh, and thanks very much for speaking with us today. That was uh, Dervla Burke O'Connor there, uh, mother of Paul uh, and uh, mother, obviously not just Paul, but Paul's sibling as well. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Newstalk. We're going to take a break after that. How bad was Batgirl? Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.